It's all about the money, right? Or is it? See, it's actually all about the experience, not about the money. Money's not shit, but the experience that money can provide, that's what life is really about. And that's what I want to talk about today. I also want to tell you guys how you can make, no matter what area of your life you're in, whether you're rich or poor or in between, a way that you can make easily make another $1,000 or even $10,000 a month Starting now, really easily, it's not some scam, shit actually works, I've talked about it before, but I'm going to double down on it, so we're going to talk about money not being what it's all about, experience is what it's all about, and then we're going to talk about how you can make more of that money so you can have more experience and enjoyment out of your life, and that's what we're going to talk about, because it's my fucking podcast. By the way, it's Zach Neal, hope you guys are doing great, let's dive into this. Money itself is just paper or coins. Currency, it has no real value. Money used to be backed by gold and silver, and then it was backed by other commodities. It's backed by oil. It's backed by different things. But in reality, it's not really worth anything. It has no real value. It's just paper. You could burn it up in a fire, and it would mean nothing. Like most possessions aren't really worth anything. Something's only worth something when someone else says it has value. Did you ever wonder how gold became so valuable? because it was a shiny rock with a yellowish color that was different than all the other rocks. And so someone said, that's rare. See, when something's rare, it has value automatically because it's rare. Endangered species, endangered animals, right? Things that you never get to see. These are rare things that become precious and valuable. And they carry a monetary value. This is how things get value. But in reality, they're only worth something because someone else says they're worth something. And the price of these things is determined by people deciding what they're worth. And over time, you have checks and balances that keep things in line. That's why gold is usually never worth more than $1,800 to $2,000 an ounce. But it never really drops below like $800 an ounce, right? It's just like a standard for when gold is really high or gold is really low. And it depends on how much of it is in the marketplace and all these different things. But the bottom line is it doesn't have any real value. There's nothing of any real substance to any physical possession. What life is really about is experience. And that's where money plays a role. You see, money buys experience. Money pays for experience. A perfect example would be, let's say your dream was always to travel to some faraway place. In my case, I've always wanted to go to Egypt. I've been obsessed with Egyptology and all of that since I was a kid. It's it's the number one place in the world that I'd like to travel. I have not yet been able to go there. Timing's never been right. When I was younger, obviously money was a huge issue because I didn't have any. And uh, it was just a dream. And then things in the world weren't good. There's a lot of violence and things over there. They don't necessarily like white boys like me that are from America over there. So I could have some trouble traveling there. I have to kind of watch world, world news and see how things are. But the bottom line is now I have money. So I could afford to go to Egypt. See, someday... When I'm taking my last breaths, things like that trip to Egypt would be the things that I would take with me, the experience. So in that situation, yes, having money would allow me the opportunity to go to someplace that I always wanted to go and experience something otherworldly, breathtaking, something that would change my life. And that experience, that is the substance of what life is all about. 
So it's kind of like a two-sided coin, right? On one hand, money ain't shit. And your life cannot be all about money because if your life is all about money, you're living a bad life, first of all. You're chasing something that doesn't have any value. You're missing the experience of friends and family and children and loved ones and things because you're always chasing paper that you can't take with you when you die and that has no real value. But if you find a balance in your life where you can have enough money to afford some of the experiences that make your life better, and you're not just constantly chasing paper, but you're chasing experience and using money as a way to have those experiences, then you can really live a balanced life and you can really draw that line between what money is and what money isn't. So when people say it's all about the money, it's all about the Benjamins, they're full of shit. But when people say money can't buy happiness, they are also full of shit. Because I promise you, coming from a kid who was very poor most of his life and now is not poor anymore, the difference is drastic. What I can afford to do, what I can afford to have, the experiences that have been brought into my life by having money, unquestionably have brought me great happiness as well. So in that regard, money can buy happiness. But again, it's all about the experience. So first, I want to dissect finding that balance between what's healthy for a normal person between chasing paper and chasing money and having experience and how you balance those two things out. So how do we figure out the line between chasing money, what's valuable, what's not, what's providing an experience or enhancing your life? So the sweet spot is finding that spot where money enhances the experience of your life, but it isn't drowning you in debt to have those experiences. So a perfect example, I have children. A lot of you may or may not have children, but I'm going to use that as an example either way. One of the best moments in a parent's life is seeing your kids truly happy. Even if you don't have kids, you've probably seen those surprise Disney World things where like kids get like, you know, a Christmas gift and they open it up and it's a surprise that they're going to Disney World and they start to cry because they get so overwhelmed with joy that they start to cry or freak out or, you know, some videos like that where kids get something and it makes them so happy. Those are like once in a lifetime moments and experiences and you can't put a monetary value on something like that. So that would be a moment where as a parent, having some extra money to do something really special for your child would be an experience that would enhance your life and would be worth extra hours or overtime or grinding extra hard or going without some other things to make that happen. That's, that's a perfect storm. That's a perfect sweet spot where the desire for money and chasing money lines up with enhancing the experience of your life and there's a harmony there. So step one is finding the balance in your life. We all have to work because we all have to live and pay bills. We have to pay rent or mortgages and car payments and insurance and health insurance. We have to buy food and we have to have electricity and all of those little extra you know, necessities that we have to have and then those essentials that we feel we need to have, internet and TV and all that kind of stuff. And so there's a certain quality of life that we all wanna live and that quality of life requires money uh, to work. So that's why we have to work and we have to go to our jobs. Then there's a difference between impulse spending and having extras and other things that don't really enhance the experience of your life. It's just shit that you have. I'm guilty of it. I think everybody, most people are guilty of it. So what's the secret? It's simple. Become a minimalist. And I don't mean strip your house down to like, you know, 
one wooden bench in the middle of an empty room. I mean, you could do that if that's what you're into, but being a minimalist, a fringe minimalist, would simply be to stop buying things that you don't really need. I hear people talk all the time that when they end up going into one of their favorite stores to get one thing, they end up spending, excuse me, half of their paycheck on a bunch of shit they don't need. Like, oh my God, I went into Target to pick up a birthday card for somebody and then I saw this and I saw that and I saw this and $300 later, they walk out of Target with a bunch of stuff that is not going to enhance experience. It's a momentary impulse buy. It's some gadgets or some things that you bought in the heat of the moment and you might use them a handful of times and they might come in handy once in a while, but they're not going to enhance the overall experience of your life. What they just did is they added stress to your life. They added worry about bills, worry about other things. They took away peace of mind. It had the opposite of enhancing your experience for the positive. It enhanced your experience for the negative. Even if you could afford those purchases and you're not going to miss your bills because of them, you now have less money in your bank account to do other things with, which means you're not getting ahead of the game. It's, that's $300 you could have put into retirement or save for a vacation or done something else that would have been a better enhancement of your life. So step one is cut the fat. Cut out the things that you don't need. You have to look for joy outside of spending. Spending should not be the thing that brings you joy. Experience. When you spend your money, think about the experience that that purchase is going to bring to you. For instance, for some people who have, like myself, I never had a decent car until I was in my late 20s. I drove junkers and used cars or very cheap cars. I drove a, a Hyundai Accent that was missing the back window for like two years. Um, a $10,000 car that was worth $6,000, you know? So getting a nice car for a lot of people is, is a big enhancement of their overall experience, right? Get a car that has navigation or has more room for the kids or has Wi-Fi or all these different things so that, and you can picture your experience being enhanced. You can now, you have four-wheel drive, so now you can get out in winter storms. You have more room so you can take trips. You can drive places with your family. And so that would be an enhancing purchase. But a bunch of junk at Target or a bunch of junk at some department store, before you buy it, think about what is the experience it's actually going to provide. Now, if you're buying a coloring book or a puzzle or a game that you're going to play with your family, you can justify that purchase by saying, this is going to be an experience, something that I'm going to use with my family and I can see us having good times or good memories or laughs around the table doing this. Something like that is fine, but just buying bullshit that you don't need that 17th tube of mascara because you wanted to try a new color or something else. Just things, these purchases are not enhancing your life. So by cutting the fat, the first thing I mean is before you make a purchase of any kind, really think about that purchase and decide whether or not it's enhancing your experience on this planet. Is it something that's going to bring joy to you or enhance your life beyond the first day that you have it or the first couple days or something like that? You'll probably find like most people do that there's a ton of stuff that you can cut out of your spending and get rid of it. Why do you want to cut your spending? Let's talk about that next. Here's why you want to cut your spending. See, I'm going somewhere with this. It's not so you can save a bunch of money for retirement. I mean, that's a great thing to think about, but it's not why. It's because the more you spend the more of a slave you become to the system of being a consumer. See, the more shit you buy, the more shit you need. It's a vicious cycle. It's kind of like this. You buy 
a television set. That's an okay purchase. Everyone needs a TV. But then you got to buy all the accessories that come with it. Then you buy the accessories that come with it. But within a couple years, a lot of those accessories go out of date or they come out with new technology. Like for all those poor bastards that bought a giant $3,000 60-inch flat screen TV and then six months later, smart TVs came out. So you had to buy some plugins so you could get apps on your TV or some other things. You could have Netflix and all these different gadgets. And now the TVs are half the price and they include all that stuff. See, it's just a consumerism. It's just this cycle that keeps going. But it's not only that. It's that the more you buy, the more pressure you put on yourself, the more of a slave you become to your job and to the things you have. You have to go to work because of the car and the pool and the house and the clothes and the things and the things and the things. Eventually, you're working just to pay for the shit that you have. You're not working to provide experience for your life. You're working to just pay for the mundane shit that you have. You go to work five days a week just to pay for the shitty car that's not even that great. You've got a fucking Toyota Sienna and you're going, you're working 15 days out of your month just to pay for that car. Or you've got an apartment or a house that's not your dream house or it's not, you know, none of these things are providing more experience or more time with your loved ones. They're not enhancing your life. You're just a slave to the things. You get the car payment, so now you got to work more to pay for the car payment and the insurance payment. Then you needed the second car. Now you've got the, you know, all of these things keep adding. So when you start cutting the fat, you're cutting for a purpose. You're cutting so that you can make your life more about enhancement and not about being a slave to things. Things are great. I like things. Lots of people like things and lots of people like to have things and there's nothing wrong with having things. But you have to pick and choose between the things that you really need and don't need. And you can find very simply that by just cutting the fat off of the shit that you're buying, you could save 10 or 15% of your monthly budget by just cutting the shit that you don't need. Stop doing those impulse buys. Don't buy that shirt that you don't even really like that much. People go clothes shopping and buy a bunch of shit that sits in their closet. They wear it one time. Like, Think about it. Cut the fat. So the purpose in cutting the fat is to make yourself less of a consumer, less of a slave to objects so that you can have more time and more money to enhance your life. Now let's talk about the enhancement portion. Like I said, before you buy something, think about it. Is it going to enhance your life? Do you really need it? By just asking yourself those simple couple questions, you can make an informed decision on what you're about to purchase and whether or not you really need it. Or are you just buying it to feel better or or because you're bored or, or whatever? Then your job becomes less of a burden, right? Because now you can think about the job and the money you're earning as providing the standard, the baseline for your life, the things that you actually need, the bare necessities, and then everything else is about experience, baby. Everything from that moment on is about buying those experiences. The great date nights, the trips with the kids, the extras and the things that you've dreamed about having or or the places you've wanted to go or the things you've wanted to do, the charity that you'd like to donate to, the difference that you'd like to make in somebody else's life, you're going to start to have extra money to do those things. So let's consider this the end of the first half of this podcast, that money isn't shit. It's all about experience. And the things that you buy should always be towards enhancing your experience on this planet, making yourself and the other people that you live with or care about happy and bringing joy memories. That's the best way to put it. On your deathbed, would you ever think about the mascara that you bought or that dumb keychain or that set of shot glasses? Would those things be on your mind or would you be thinking about the happiest times in your life with the people that you love and care about and being able to be there because money afforded you the opportunity. So that's end of part one. Now, 
I'm going to tell you some ways that anybody can do that do not require any real skill level that you could be doing right now to increase your finances, increase your money so that you can increase your experience by a couple hundred to a couple thousand dollars a month without doing too much work. We're going to go into that now. Now I'm going to give you the trifecta of the best modern hustle that exists right now. The best part is, is two out of the three of these are completely free. The third one is very inexpensive. It's been around forever and there's some commission fees on it, but two of them are free. The three things we're going to talk about, and by the way, this is the absolute best fucking hustle that exists and everybody can participate in this because everybody's got shit. Here we go. Facebook Marketplace, eBay, and Craigslist. Facebook Marketplace, for now, and Craigslist are free. eBay has some nominal fees and some commissions, but we all know eBay. It's been around forever. If you have an extra 30 minutes a day, five days a week, you can make very easily more than $1,000 a month on these three platforms very easily. If you have an hour a day, five days a week, you can make two grand a month extra income using these things. If you have an hour a day or two hours a day, five or seven days a week, then sky's the limit, my friends. There's a lot of people doing garage sale flips and things like that. You don't even have to go to garage sales. Start by all the shit that you have in your own home or your own apartment, things that you own that you don't have any need for or don't use, even if they're used, you would be surprised that all of these things carry a value. Somebody I know had a bunch of sportswear, like jerseys, basketball and football jerseys and hats and things that they had worn. Some of them even had stains on them. They washed them and put them on Facebook Marketplace and were selling these jerseys for $25 and $30 a piece. They were probably $60 or $80 new two or three years ago, but selling them for $25 and $30 a piece sold through everything they had in two weeks on Facebook Marketplace. This is just an example of somebody turning old clothes that they weren't gonna wear anymore or didn't fit them that they would have normally just given to Goodwill or thrown away, and there's nothing wrong with giving to Goodwill, by the way, that's, that's a great thing to do, but something that had no value to them anymore turned into three or $400 in cash money in just two weeks. Games, puzzles, toys, jewelry, clothing, yard tools, shovels, rakes, things that you would never think would have a value There's always a value because there's always somebody, like when springtime starts to get here in the Northeast, people need rakes and shovels and yard tools. Sure, they can go to Home Depot or the hardware store and they can buy shit like this new for 25 or 30 bucks, but they could also buy your used rake that you don't use anymore for $10. You can do it pickups. You don't have to deal with shipping, pickup only, so you don't have any shipping costs, or you can figure out a way to ship it and charge whatever, five or six bucks to ship it people buy these things. Believe me, they do. If you really don't have anything to sell, I mean, I know girls that have makeup that they bought that they never use, unopened makeup, you know, a $25 thing that they bought and never ended up using it that they can resell for $15 or if it's still packaged for the same price they paid for it. But if you really don't have anything in your possession that you think you could sell on these platforms, then you can do something really amazing. You can do the flip. 
There's a lot of guys out there doing the garage sale flip where they go to garage sales and flea markets and things and they buy stuff and then they go flip it. If you wanna make a weekend out of that and drive around and waste gas, you can do that. Or you can just go on Craigslist or the marketplace and you can look in the free section in your own town of things that people are getting rid of. I have gone on there dozens of times and you see everything from tools to pianos that people are just giving away. Old furniture, things like that. Then you just simply go get the stuff and flip it. I ran a test myself, right? I wanted to do it with Craigslist and I just wanted to see what would happen. I looked through the free section on old furniture that people were giving away, couches and things like that. I took their pictures that they were using on Craigslist of the actual furniture. I list, relisted the stuff on Craigslist for a price using the same pictures that they put up. I just copied their pictures, but I listed it in a different town. I listed it two towns away and one state away in my case, and I put a decent price on it. So it was a couch, uh, a chair, and a coffee table that looked like they were from the 70s or 80s. They weren't ripped up, but they were definitely used. And I put it up as vintage hipster furniture, right? Vintage 70s, 80s furniture. And I put the couch on for $200. I put the table on for 75 and I put the chair on for 100 And I sold it in five days, right? I called the guy, well, sold it as in I had people contacting me saying they wanted to buy it. So I called the guy that had it in the free section to see if anybody had still had taken it yet. He said they didn't. And so to be fair, I told him what I had done. I emailed him back and I said, listen, I found your couch in the free section, whatever, and I listed it as a pickup only item um, a couple towns away and I have somebody that's interested in buying this stuff for a couple hundred dollars. So how about this? I'll send them to you and you can keep the money, but I'll just connect them with you to come pick up the furniture. The guy couldn't believe what I was offering. He, he thought it was some sort of a scam and I said, there's no scam. I'm gonna connect you guys on email and when they come to get the furniture, you can just sell it to them. Dude was so thankful that he mailed me a check for a hundred bucks. He just wanted to give me something for the time. And I told him I was just doing it as an experiment. But this experiment is to prove how easy this shit works. You go in the free section, a lot of times like with a piano or something, I wouldn't even bother picking it up. I would just tell the person, listen, I want the piano, but I can't pick it up for a week. So I'll give you a hundred bucks if you hold it for me for a week, cool? Most people will, then you go flip it. You take the pictures of the pianos, you list it in, in the same town or a different town or a little bit away, and you flip that fucking piano. And when it sells and you get the cash in hand, you just go get it. Or better yet, you just direct the person to go get it with you. Or if you have time or a truck, now this applies to so many things. People are giving away instruments, furniture, toys. I mean, there's so much shit in the free sections on Craigslist and on uh, the marketplace that you can just go find. Talk to your friends. Anything that they have that they're not using, tell your friends you're doing a junk collection. Not actual junk, but old clothes. Be specific what you want. Video games, toys, puzzles, artwork, anything that's just taking up space in their house that they want to get rid of. Put a message out to Facebook to all your friends that you will you will take that stuff off of their hands. You don't have to tell them what you're doing with it, just that you're taking it. Collect from your parents, your friends, your brothers, your sisters. Everybody has an attic or a basement full of stuff that they don't use. Old holiday uh, decorations, old Christmas trees, any of that kind of stuff. It all has a value because someone will buy it. People are buying all of these same items every day and people are thrifty. So if they want to get, hey, I'm, I was about to go out to Target and buy a Christmas tree for a hundred bucks, but there's an artificial tree on the marketplace for $25 that works and is fine. And I'll just go get that. You will sell and sell and sell. If you dedicate yourself to this pursuit, 
30 minutes a day, five days a week, you can easily burn $1,000 a month, no problem. If you're using, starting with the stuff that you already have or that friends have or using the free section, then there's no cost to you other than your gas and time to put this together. If you get ambitious with it, like I have gotten ambitious with it, and I've talked about this before, but I sold almost $30,000 worth of stuff on the marketplace. I mean, I, in fairness, I sold a truck and I sold a motorcycle and some other things, but I have used that marketplace and I have tested it. I've tested Craigslist and these platforms work. So no matter what your job is, no matter what your profession, you got a nine to five or, or whatever, or three to 11, it does not matter if you're underemployed, overemployed. This is something you can do in your spare time with literally 30 minutes a day and make a lot more money. And if you're really ambitious with it, I know, I personally know people who have used the marketplace and Craigslist to make an extra five to $10,000 a month selling stuff. Now that's an ambition level where it becomes more like a job and you're always hustling and you're going to antique shows and flea markets and different things. But the point is the greatest American hustle, the greatest hustle of all time, in my opinion, are these three platforms that are just sitting there where you can literally put just about anything for sale and it will sell. And if it doesn't sell at the first price, you just lower the price, but you're getting a lot of this stuff for free or you're buying it at flea markets for pennies on the dollar and it all adds up. If you have 10 toys and you just sell them all for $10 a piece, you made 100 bucks just sitting in your house doing nothing. That's the greatest hustle. And the, the best part is, is that's money that you can use to enhance your life, to enhance your experience for those extras, for that, like we talked about in the beginning of this podcast, money ain't shit, my friends but experience is everything and money helps provide that experience. Knowing that and knowing everything we've talked about, I hope that you will be smart and utilize this great hustle and get out there and start flipping these items and, uh, and having a great time doing it. That's it for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to chat, hit me up on Instagram at the real Zach Neal. Send me a DM questions, comments, anything I can do to help you. I am always down to do so. I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great day.